Hey, everybody. Welcome to Nomenclature. My name is Brandon Henderson. My guest today is Ryan Irwin. Ryan chose the word mitochondria to discuss because he wanted me to feel stupid, and he succeeded. He is a school teacher, as well as a fantastic stand-up comedian. He has a special on dry bar comedy called Vertical Claps, and he's going to be in Arizona uh, here soon. So check him out if you're in that area. Among other locations, um, I had a, a delightful time talking to Ryan, um, and I hope you enjoy this episode as we discuss the word mitochondria with my very special guest, Ryan Irwin. Thanks for coming. We're we're going. I I don't uh, no waiting at all. We're just gonna jump in and get crazy. How I bet it's been forever since I've I've seen you. Yeah, no, I've been doing good. Uh, quitting my day job, moving across the country in six weeks. So amazing. Tell me, tell me what the onus was behind this. What's uh, what's crack a lacking? Well, I have always wanted to leave Utah. Uh, so, um, yeah, so no, I, my sister moved up to North Carolina a few years ago and I've wanted to move out to North Carolina for a while, uh, for grad school. There was a couple programs that I was looking into that were out there, Yeah, but, uh, when she moved out there, I went out to visit and I loved it. And, uh, last year, right before the pandemic started, I was like, okay, I'm moving to Cincinnati, Ohio. I was like, Cause I was like, I'll live out there. It's super cheap to live within six hours. Just is randomly minutes. Cincinnati. Just like, yep. that's a well, place. I mean, there was logic behind it. Sure. Cause within six hours, there's 15 metro areas. So I could do road work as a comedian, but then like I could work part-time jobs because it's such a low cost of living there. And yeah, then yeah, that yeah. didn't pan out. And then uh, the more the over the last year, the more I've talked with my sister, she's like, well, why don't you just live with us for a little bit in Raleigh till you get things set up and then you can go live wherever you want. And I was like, that is a great idea. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, fucking fantastic, man. Congratulations. I'm excited for you. Uh, you. I love North Carolina. Yeah. I was there a few weeks ago and I got to meet some comedians. I got to work work weekend at one of the clubs in Raleigh. Yeah. Um, It was great. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited to move out there. That's uh, that's super rad. I I was excited to see like uh, some shows popping up uh, for you. I said Arizona. Yeah, that's this weekend. I'm in Arizona, so that'll be fun. That's pretty good. I mean, here's the thing: is like being in Utah. I think has been pretty damn good for uh, comedy comparatively, right? Is it's been hardly shut. I mean, obviously, I mean, I mean, like Keith would (laughs) argue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I uh, I did a couple of the live streams, but then we reopened May fifteenth, and I've never stopped performing last year. So like, some comedians are like it's I'm finally back after a year. It's like oh, like I took like two weeks off in between live streams, but then I'm like back on in person, right. which is which is crazy uh, that that experience has been so much different. It's going to be really interesting to see what the long-term looks like. It's like, you know, like the, uh, I think the comedy store is attempting to open up tentatively this weekend for the first time, you know? I think the improv opened up like last weekend or the weekend before that. Yeah, something, I mean, so it's been, it's been pretty wild. And, uh, and then, you know, I'm 
connected a lot in Canada. It's the whole whole other end of the spectrum is you can't even one get across the border. So like yeah. U.S. comedians try to do stuff, and then two, like Alberta where I grew up is just closed down. Like oh wow, it's completely locked down still. So the fact that that things can happen is is pretty sweet. But you got you got the uh, the vaccine a while ago. Yeah, no, because in Utah, yeah. teachers are at the front of the line. So yeah, well, really, glad I <laughs> really glad I didn't quit my day job. Uh, but yeah, I've been yeah. fully vaccinated for about two months now. So it's been great. I didn't start traveling until after I got vaccinated. But uh, yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been great. I'm very happy that I got it. And uh, did you get did you get sick? Uh, well, on the first one, um, I was I had like when I got it, I was teaching. Plus, I was working weekends. I was opening for Taylor Tomlinson that weekend. So I had five shows plus working my full time job. And so I was just exhausted and I was lethargic, but I don't know if that was from the shot or from just being super busy and stressed out. Yeah. But then when I got my second shot, I had nothing planned that second weekend. Like, and I like cleared my schedule and I didn't even feel like a twinge of anything. So right. well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> because it's because it's a placebo and it's not real, right? Oh, okay. It's all, it's all bullshit. That's what they say. <laughs> I, I just got my first uh, shot and truly it was like this. And I was like, I feel terrible. <laughs> the moment they like, dude, squoze the plunger. I immediately felt sick. And, you know, they make you sit for 15 minutes. Yeah. And I almost, you know, I almost was like going to flag someone down. But then like the lady behind me, apparently got really sick and lightheaded. And then there were like 30 people and I was like, oh no, I don't want that much attention. And so I just, <laughs> I found some crackers in the console. And I feel it. like, I feel like after that comment of, it's not real, the little COVID thing that comes up on Facebook and Instagram will just pop into this podcast and just <laughs> yeah, notify everyone with the CDC's website. It's going to, it's going to stop this podcast in the middle of it. It's not even yeah. available for anyone in this moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're after me. Uh, yeah. It's been uh, man, what a fucking crazy set of events. Um, so I have to ask because it's one of the uh, more uh, interesting words and I'm sure uh, it's coming from uh, school teacherness, or maybe it's not, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you, I would love if it did. And you're just like, you know, you know, just yeah. my word, man. Uh, you chose mitochondria. Yes. The powerhouse uh, and, of the cell. Oh, baby. I'm excited. <laughs> There's a couple of things that I've discovered, uh, <laughs> into it that I'm pretty stoked about. Um, so tell me why you chose mitochondria. So at my school, um, I'm always in the hallway, like during the passing periods. And I'm always like, all right, kid, let's get to on time. And then I just started randomly quizzing children in the hallway going, what's a verb? And then kids will be like, it's an action word. And then I just yelled one time, what's the mitochondria? And like five kids just yelled the powerhouse of the cell. So <laughs> now literally every day I just yell the mitochondria and like all the kids in the hallway just yell the powerhouse of the cell and it's just like a fun inside joke we have at our school this seems like a very very um <laughs> magical experience to have yeah. and uh, for our uh, i teach theater and for our musical theater class project they wanted to do this kindergarten musical and we did a whole musical number about the mitochondria and we parodied from hairspray 
you can't stop the beat. The mitochondria opens up to hope into the powerhouse, and we changed all the lyrics. To the, you can't stop the beat to the mitochondria, and I choreographed it, and we did a song and dance with twenty children singing about the mitochondria. This is see, you're ahead of uh, who was the guy that did? He did something to like uh, it was a teacher did something to like a corn song. It was something. Oh, I can't remember what it was, but. I'm telling you, yeah, you there are a lot of those teachers that do like the parody songs and YouTube stuff. No, I just did it because it was an inside joke. We also have an inside joke about a lagoon joke where I always say, well, here we are. And the class just yells rattlesnake rapids. And we did a whole thing about that, too. <laughs> lagoon being the very fabulous uh, local, uh, theme park or America's best small theme park twice, I believe, in the past like five years. What? So, Who gave that award out? Some roller coaster amusement park company. Lagoon shares it and I read it and I go, Who qualifies for this? It sounds like an insanely specific award it's, for this uh, theme park only. It sounds a lot like the Utah Business Magazine 40 Under 40. <laughs> Was that I, you? No. <laughs> That's my one regret in life is that uh, I am uh, I am, will never be able to achieve the yeah. glory of a 40 under 40 award. Well, I just turned 30 and I'm never going to get on the Forbes 30 under 30. And I was like, well, my life is pointless. Yeah, you should probably die. I mean, we both should <laughs> at this point. I, I do like how your uh, your sites are a lot fucking higher than mine. I'm like the Utah <laughs> Business Magazine. 40 <laughs> under 40, you're like Forbes for me. <laughs> I'm going to shoot a lot lower and still fail. I also need to know, just as an aside, this is not a polo hat. I want everybody. I didn't care if you were a Ralph Lauren fan. I didn't it's, care. It's not. I, I don't know. if the, So I have never put out a video version of the podcast before. Well, because... if we're in hats, I'm going to wear my Cleveland Browns hat. Now we're talking. Uh, so we'll see if we actually put the video. I think I'm going to, for the first time, you're going to be the inaugural video version of this thing. Yes. Um, I just mostly don't like my face and I spend a lot of time <laughs> staring at notes while I t have this conversation on this thing. So, but I need people to know this is, this is a, this is a Deftones hat because they're a kick-ass <laughs> band. It's not because my wife saw it. Yeah. My, my wife saw it and was like, why are you wearing that polo hat? Largely because, you know, not to shit on people that wear polo, but a little bit, but also I just wear mostly black t-shirts with skulls on them. So she was very confused. No. Oh, oh, well, I was changing my ring light because if it's, we're going to put this video out, but no, it makes me, it washes <laughs> me out. It washes me out. This is good enough. This I'm sorry. I should have warned you. I, I, no, it's fine. I just put it off to the side. <laughs> I, I do. I do like, it would be amazing if like it like pulled out and then suddenly like you went under and you came up and like had like yeah, a whip like, on or I, something like I think I get too washed out. This'll do. No, I think you look absolutely fantastic. Thank you. I haven't showered in two days. Um, well, I shower two to three times a day, so you're good. Oh, cool. you've showered enough for both of us. I have indentations in my beard that who knows what they're from. You ever get, you ever had a beard long enough to have like the weird uh, misshaped indentation on the face? Uh, well, the way my beard would work, no, it would just hold soup uh, well. well. Like I would like, and like, I would have like a palm full of soup and I was like, how does it cradle up in there? But yeah, no. 
my big issue right now is all the white mm. and it it's like getting pubes again for the first time because it's it's just not this it's so it's like what is this texture it grows different it's all wiry but like extra wiry i mean we all know that beards are pubes for the face but it's like no my beard is soft my facial hair is always really? very soft yeah not yeah. me not me <laughs> this is uh you can wash dishes you know old oh, crusty no. dishes with this bad boy mine's very smooth i even oil it i oil it every oh, day no, I put I the, it's, get it in there and also i have a bandaid on my finger which is maybe the most disgusting it's all dirty i've changed it like three times today but it's disgusting. I, I'm aware of how gross it is. I think I took one off in the shower and left it there this morning. You know, or not, I guess it wasn't this morning, yesterday. <laughs> but I cut it with a butter knife and it will not stop bleeding. No. Nope. It just keeps no. bleeding and bleeding. Hmm. No, I'm not you a blood. Do you want to see it? No, absolutely not. Do you want me to take this off? Do you want to see absolutely it? Absolutely not. No. I can put it right up to the camera. You can see it close. No, no I'm going to put it soft. Hey, Arnold, soft. It is. Hey Arnold, I'm too Walmart old. had these socks and there's like all real monsters, Gren and Stimpy, Rocco's Modern Life. Gren and Red Stimpy, Star. I support. Oh, I just bought, I like fun socks. And so I saw them and I just had to buy them. I, I support it. My favorite Ren and Stimpy episode is when, uh, I think it was Stimpy, with, no, no, it was Ren who went into Stimpy's body uh, got shrunk down, went into his body, and became. Speaking of mitochondria, mitochondria, I was like, became a cell, and then married a cell and had a bunch of babies. <laughs> I think I feel like this is vaguely familiar. I'm also getting it confused with the episode of Rugrats where they go inside Chucky's stomach, and he has because he ate a watermelon seed, and the watermelon's growing in his stomach. Gross. So those are kind of like crossing over in my brain right now. I feel like every Rugrat, like anytime that show is on, I, I smell diapers. <laughs> yes um okay let's let's talk more about this so the powerhouse of the cell is yeah. exciting but so okay let's talk let's talk a little bit about the etymology because there's one specific thing i want to get to that feels like a really big missed opportunity by the science community so so it was coined in 1898 by carl benda yes am i saying that name right yes no i i also look german Except for some reason, my phone is not, it's saying I've timed out of my thing and won't let me look back up the stats I looked up. But um, yes, it was, I feel like it was originally discovered and named in, okay, delete, delete, in like 1857. And then it yes. got renamed and renamed till its current name, the mitochondria in like 1912 or something like that. Like pretty recently. Yeah, it's, it's all pretty recent because we have, Large, I mean, we still are, but we've been largely big, fat fucking idiots for a long time until really recently. And, you know, where we're like, you know, the bleeding each other to try to get rid of sicknesses, which is just bananas. But uh, there was a, uh, an earlier one, 1857, was named by Albert von Kolliker. Yes. Co co I, th I think it's Kolliker. No, it's Kolliker. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, and it was later named Bioblasts by Richard Altman in 1886. And that's what I want to get to. Why the hell are these not called Bioblasts? I don't even well, care. It's mitochondria with the nickname powerhouse of the, powerhouse of the cell. Bioblasts. I mean, 
Bioblast Bio- in and of itself. Yeah, but it sounds like an is like a 1980s or 90s like like roller skating crew like we're bioblast bioblast yeah and it'll be like the rollerblading kids at the park and now i'm thinking of biodome remember yes. that show? Oh, i also Shore. think of a brink the disney movie where they rollerblade oh i, but I could see a team titled bioblast on that i the more that we're saying the word out loud i've got to be honest uh, i'm pulling back on my support of it <laughs> bioblast also sounds like violent diarrhea <laughs> i've got the bio- i had a bio blast, bio blast. but i feel fine oof it's a little much any what there's this big uh uh thing in like uh, the food industry where people are like berry blast or burrito blast or something like that it should <laughs> never be attached the word blast should never be attached to a food yeah well i uh i actually really like the the Greek thing, I looked up like what all the words meant in Greek because I was like, why is it called the mitochondria? And mitos means thread. Yes. And then krondos or krondian means granule. So basically yes. it's like a grain of thread, which I do not fully understand, but I find highly fascinating. I, I like I, I like that as well. And I'm also really, really appreciative of the fact that you did a little bit of research Oh, yeah. Uh, prior to this, this is only ha- I, I've done, uh, I think I'm at like 20 something, whatever episodes of this thing. I think I've had maybe three people do oh, no, any I... prep work because comedians, but you yeah, did. No, it. I, well, cause I was debating between this word and bongos and I felt like there was more to go off of with mitochondria in my research. Well, um, there's certainly more for me to not understand. <laughs> everyone's this. learning. I'm a teacher. Learning lives forever. <laughs> Teach me more. Well, so here's the thing. Okay, this is also very fun because speaking of bioblasts uh, and food blasts, so I, I'm just going to read this general, uh, this you know, uh, this uh, definition. So uh, of mitochondria. So a spherical or ovoid organelle found in the cytoplasm of eukaryotic cells. Yes. I, I I'm suddenly really want your approval. Oh, I will give it to you because like, <laughs> I'm suddenly it's uh, in uh, whatever junior high and containing <laughs> genetic material separate from that of the host. It is responsible for the conversion of food to usable energy. This is where photosynthesis happens. This is where photosynthesis. But it, does this wait? I'm really stupid. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, I was, I was born in uh, a long time ago. Uh, there's, uh, so my, this is specifically, is this only plants? No, human beings have the mitochondria. <laughs> I was going to say like it's like in any cellular in, organism has a mitochondria. Okay. So that's what I thought, but it's, so it's also photosynthesis. This well, is no, just different. like, like it passes through there. Uh, imagine that the mitochondria is like a generator. That the generator itself doesn't power things, things come through it and it like gives meaning or empowers the electricity or whatever code of sequence is coming through. That the mitochondria is like a generator, it gets a bunch of crap and it gives meaning to it in terms of power or strength or whatever. That that's kind of like what a generator does. It gets a bunch of stuff, it funnels it into how it needs to be. Okay, so. So it's responsible for conversion of food to usable energy in the form of ATP, which I had to 
look up because it's been 25 years. <laughs> Fortunately, at my school, the biology kids always make these 3D models every year, and then the kids always show them to me. So, like, I remember making it when I was in seventh grade, but now I'm like, like, kids are like, what should I use? I'm like, oh, do a thing with gummy bears and have it be this. And like, so kids come up with all these cool little models. So I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty up to date as much as you can be for a non-science teacher uh, about cellular organism structure. So, so the, the, explain the ATP stuff to me then. Girl, no clue. Um, <laughs> but I know that it's there. Yes. But I do not know what it is. So the usable energy, which is a, a nucleotide that is used as a source of energy in cellular re reaction. I really hope a scientist listens to this and goes, who thought this was a good idea for two <laughs> comedians to just be like, let's discuss the ATP process of the mitochondria. <laughs> oh, that, none of this is a good idea. I mean, if anybody, <laughs> I know that somebody has stumbled upon this and they're like, nomenclature, that seems potentially interesting. And I'm sure that the person that started this is qualified and has done the research appropriately uh, to make this happen. I mean, but then they got on here and they're marginal. like, it's just an asshole that does some Google research before a call with yes. another asshole, no offense. And then nope, that's, taken. <laughs> and that's <laughs> what happens. But I, I do like uh, yeah, the, the usable energy conversion type stuff because really at the end of the day, this just comes down to uh, it's eat, it's just food, it's food. It, it go yes. all circles back. And that's what it circles back, at least for me these days, because my wife loves food and has made me enjoy it for the first time in my life. So, um, uh, in my research of the yes. mitochondria, um, one might think that there is a, mito a singular mitochondria inside of a cell. Wrong. Google says there is between one and 2000 mitochondria. In a single cell. In a single cell. Yeah. See now that now a typical animal cell will have the order of one thousand to two thousand mitochondria. How many mitochondria are in each cell? Mitochondria vary in number and location according to cell type. A single mitochondrion is often found in unicellular organisms, while human liver cells have one to two thousand mitochondria per cell making up one fifth of their cell volume. So I think it depends on where the cell is located and what the cell's function is that it has more or less mitochondria. But I thought so that was interesting because I thought it was just one mitochondria. <laughs> I, I did too, but it turns out that cells are capitalists. These are not socialists at all. Cause you know, the 2000 cell or 2000 mitochondria cell walks in, looks down at the poor popper one mitochondria cell and says, uh, shine my boots. <laughs> uh, that, so, so, I, so I'm assuming, like you're saying, that based off of where it is in the yeah. body, potentially. Does that make sense? Because the liver processes a lot of things as it goes through it, whereas like your skin, I guess, doesn't necessarily process things or like your liver's function is to take like liquids that go through your body and break them yeah. down. Whereas other organisms don't have to do that. So I bet there's, not as needed. there's a lot in like the, uh, in, in the poop tubes. The intestines, that, the larger and smaller intestines. That's what they are called. Mm -hmm. Yep. The, I, the scientific term. <laughs> that would have, I would, uh, yeah, I would assume. So that's really interesting. So if it's all about energy and obviously energy isn't just about, um, you know, the, the physical running and high-fiving that we all do every day. 
Um, it's getting the heart to pump. It's getting, like you say, the liver to process. It's getting the stomach to break food down. It's getting, um, I don't know, all the things to work, which, um, which is interesting. Yeah. And the thing that I find most interesting about the mitochondria is not so much like what it does or anything. It's just that like you ask someone name something inside of a cell. And I think most people can say mitochondria and I don't think anyone else can name a single other thing about a cell. Uh, like I don't think cell membrane counts. Cause even like the cytoplast, most people wouldn't be able to name. There's just like so many other things of the cell that like no one knows. Yeah. But we, we all know the mitochondria. All these things, like, because, you know, I read this stuff and I'm like, I have vague memories of stuff because I, I studied it at one point in my life. Yeah. It's just been a long, long time since I've put any effort into thinking about this thing at all. And uh, it's a lot like, uh, it's like my cousins or something. It's like, oh, I knew that thing one time, but I really don't care about it anymore. But I used to be familiar. Um, but it's so, difficult to, to put all the pieces together. I remember diagramming stuff. Yeah. So I just looked up, because I now go, what are the other parts of the cell? We have the cytoplasm. We have yes. cell membrane. Okay. So I, I got a few of them. Uh, then there's the nucleus. Maybe people know that one. There's the DNA in there, uh, the DNA. Then the endoplasmic reticulum, a lysosome, a so ribosome, and then a Golgi apparatus. A Golgi apparatus. What yeah. the hell is that? Not a clue. Uh, there's a vacuole. I'm looking vacuole. at other things. Yeah. No, like, honestly, I feel like it, most people could maybe name the nucleus. Yeah. And the mitochondria and probably end there. So that's what I think is fascinating is like, we've all learned this stuff, but for some reason, we as a society have just chosen to retain one of the seven words that we should know about it. So here's the question that I have, and especially since I have a teacher on, on this with me listen, right now. Uh, listen, for the viewers, they need to know. I have been teaching middle school for nine years. I am a drama teacher, and I am an unlicensed teacher as well. So like, take everything I say with a large granule, the contrary, uh, of salt. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, Stop making excuses for yourself. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I was Utah's middle school teacher of the year, but I, I know <laughs> it's in your bio. I uh, so the question that I have because this question comes up, uh, especially so I have you know a million children and I have uh, the, the fourteen year old right now. What's that from your many wives? From my many wives. That's right. One for each wife. Um, <laughs> They, uh, so the 14 year old in particular, I get this question once every two to three weeks uh, is uh, what's the point? What, what am I going to do with this information? Why do I have to learn it? I'm never going to use it in the real world. And my honest thought process is you're fucking right. I don't know what the point is, but I've tried and I, I feel like I've had a pretty good response. And I feel like, cause I don't believe that it's all like useless information at all. I feel like a lot of it is, if not the majority of it is very valuable. Now we'll have another conversation at another time about if there's something maybe more valuable, maybe just, you know, teach kids how to save money or file their taxes or something. That would be sweet. Um, let's but, not get too ahead of ourselves, Brandon. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, <laughs> we'll get too, too practical. 
But, um, you know, usually my, my answer is, is that, you know, you, you've got to give certain people the opportunity to learn certain things so that, you know, if they are going to go into advanced uh, research in that particular thing, they need to have been exposed to it at some point. And then also just in conversations, and there are relevant things that go on, um, even, you know, whether you're uh, an attorney or you're uh, framing houses or whatever it might be, math comes up, uh, you know, basic math at the very least, uh, understanding of the world around you in terms of like government and politics, appreciation of art and drama so that you're not a fucking dumb-dumb when it comes to watching, uh, you know, uh, something that's a little bit more complex or, or uh, comment on the world uh, on some way. Uh, and now I can't speak, but uh, I want to see what your answer is to that question of why, oh. what's the point? <clears throat> we get this all the time, and especially <clears throat> kids always go, they complain about their math class, like, when am I ever going to need to know this? But then yeah. I always turn it right back on the kids whenever I hear that in my classroom, I'm like, and yet none of you ever say this about anything we're learning in this class. And they're like, well, your class is fun. And I was like, yeah, but tell me when you're going to need to know the definition of a proscenium arch in the real world. You're not <laughs> like, I like undermine my own credibility, which is ridiculous. But I always, I always come around to being like, guys, you're learning how to learn. You're learning how to problem solve. You're learning how to build study habits. You're learning how to deal with things you're not interested in. You're learning how to go, oh, I'm interested in this. I'm going to go further. You're learning how to deal with issues of, I don't understand this. I need to put an extra work. You're learning how to work with other people to give a presentation. You're learning how to meet deadlines. And it's, it's that school is teaching you how to learn so that you can then go off and learn what you need to do with what you want to do. But that yeah. we're just here giving you the skills and resources and you need an opportunity to write a research paper to know, to say, I think this is dumb and boring. Cool. If you could write it about whatever topic, what would you do? Suddenly, aha. Uh -huh. And now they have the skills of knowing how to write a research paper or knowing how to research, even if they don't write a paper for it, to check their sources, to make sure it's credible and reliable um, and different things like that. But I just keep telling them, like, you're learning how to learn at school. Like, it doesn't matter what subject you're doing. You're learning how to deal with people. That the crux of school is learning how to learn. And that's why you don't major in anything in high school. You just get a general certificate saying, I've learned how to learn. And then you go off to specialize in things. So that's what I tell them. I, I, that's the best answer I've ever heard. Le you. Legitimately. I, I <laughs> love that answer. And that's so valuable. Being able to be faced with something that is hard and that you don't like and still having to do it is basically the definition of life. Uh huh. <laughs> so having to be like, this subject sucks. I don't want to do it. I still have to do it and I have to do it well or I will fail. Welcome to being well, a human being. Yeah, well, and I tell them all the time. Whenever they work on a group project, they're like, but my group's lazy. My group doesn't get stuff done. I was like, cool. They're like, I don't like my group. I was like, awesome. Do you think I like all the other teachers here at school? No. Do I still work with them? Yes. Like, yeah. I was like, you just deal with it. You do what needs to be done and whatever. And like, I, and because all of them know that I'm a comedian, that I'm like, you think I do shows with comics that I don't like? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, I mean, I'm nice to everybody, but I don't like everybody. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. No, I, uh, no, I say that to my, my 12 year old, uh, 
daughter, uh, you'll be shocked to hear this, but um, from time to time, tween girls are not nice to each other. What? The girls at my school never cause drama and yeah. everyone's so nice and no one cyber bullies and everyone's involved in every group chat. It must just And no be. one feels left out. I'll tell I'll tell my daughter that because <laughs> we let her know that it's just her that's going through just, this, yes, not just everybody her. else. Because <laughs> everybody hates her. They're just like, oof. Nobody's that way to anyone else. She's just no. uh, so unlikable. Um <laughs> yeah, it's it's like I, I think for me, especially like I, I I don't find anyone or I find very few people intolerable. You know, I, there's very few people that I run across where I'm like, man, I hate you or you're a bad person or whatever. There's tons of people that I run across where I'm like, I have no real need or desire to build a relationship with you. Yep. That's the vast majority of people. Just <laughs> I, my, my ability to have, have any FOMO is just, I have none. I, there's nothing that I, that is going on in this world that I want to be a part of, that I'm going to be sad that I wasn't outside of maybe, uh, uh, you know, like a threesome with Eddie Vedder and my wife. But other than that, like <laughs> there's almost nothing that I'm like, oh, I wish I was there. Um, so, but it, it takes very, very little effort to, and it is, it's very hard to learn. It takes a long time and I get it. Cause I was, I was very worried about it as a kid, just like everybody, but it, it, it's very, it takes very little effort to not be bothered by people. Yeah, it's a skill you got to work. Like I still, like I snapped the other day and I was like, oh, I should not have done that. But I also was like, oh, I'm over teaching. <laughs> I'm telling a whole classroom of kids that I hate this kid that I don't know his name. <laughs> oh, no. Like he just walked by and I got annoyed. And I was like, I hate that kid. And I was like, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, you know, just to protect myself, we, we all say things we shouldn't have said on accident, don't we? <laughs> It happens from time to time. <laughs> yeah, what are you gonna do? Um, yeah, absolutely. I um, I am going to try very hard to care more, but I won't. So <laughs> um, no, I taught. Uh, I used to teach college um, years ago. I taught college writing, and the nice thing about college is like you don't really have to worry about anyone's feelings. And if they fail, they don't show up, they sleep in, and then they come and cry. Um, I, I, I don't have to have empathy in that scenario, even though from time to time, grown adults would bring their mothers in to uh, get mad at me for their bad grade. And uh, then things got fun. Because um, <laughs> I can say, you know, I can say things to a grown uh, woman and their grown child that obviously you you probably can't say to a child no. and their parent. There's a lot of things I wish I could say to some students and their parents that I just have to go, oh, well, let's hope they get better. <laughs> yeah, you, you have like a, a rage journal. You can write it in that and, and then never send it. No, right. I'll just make fun of them on stage. <laughs> there you go, that's perfect. Use their name specifically. Um, Ryan, I, I always love you. You're oh, such a fantastic. Uh, guy, uh, positive dude. I, uh, I'm always uh, pleased to see uh, your shining face with or without the light ring. So <laughs> I, uh, I'm delighted. I appreciate you taking the time to, 
to chat. Oh, oh, thanks for having me on. No, I, I appreciate it. You should have had that on the whole time. It's a lot better. Is it? No, I'm just kidding. No, not, 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 <laughs> it's, it's beautiful either way. Thank you.